Hello everyone and welcome to Watson's Weekly. I'm Jerry and I'm an ambassador for Watson's Daily and this will be the last podcast of this year, right Peter? Indeed it will. Indeed it will. It's a sad it's a sad yet momentous moment. Uh, so you want to take it away with Brexit first of all? That's right, yes indeed. Um, so yeah, so with, with regard to Brexit, obviously negotiations are ongoing. I'm not going to try and second guess what's happening there. Um, but um, uh, But anyway, as those things are going on, um, the ports are continuing to have problems. Um, the traffic is piling up. It's, you know, and it's, it's, there's lots of rotting food around. There's disappointed um, people waiting for, um, you know, wait, waiting for deliveries. Um, so, yeah, in the meantime, there's, there's chaos. Um, exports have been suffering, obviously, as a result of Brexit. Um, but having said that, uh, the fact that there's there are talks still ongoing and and a no deal is not necessarily going to be the case um, is really helping the pound uh, to continue to gain a lot of strength uh, this week. In fact, just a, minute, a quick look now to see what where, where we are. Um, but yeah, so it, the um, the pounds um, has been to oh, so it's yeah, so it's. Uh, weakening slightly from um, from strength because uh, I think it, you know it did go through one one thirty six. We're now just under one thirty five. So I mean it's still strong. So so that's that's all that is. But yeah, but it's it's strong on a um, on hopes of some kind of deal. Um, so yeah, so they they go on that one. Uh, oh, and actually, as as we're on the subject of currencies. Um, Bitcoin is is has continued to go bananas. Uh, it breached twenty three thousand um, dollars. I'm looking at it now. It's just under twenty two and a half, um, but still a, a stellar performance. I mean, it it went through twenty thousand this week, which was the previous psychological level, uh, and now t- you know twenty two. Um, you've got people who are heavily into Bitcoin, uh, like the v- Winklevoss twins. Uh, I think they're predicting a value, a fair value of five hundred thousand uh, dollars. There was another one I um, mentioned in Watson's Daily today um, that said a fair value four hundred thousand um, dollars. But you got to take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, people who are absolutely up to their eyeballs in in Bitcoin, telling you how valuable it is. Um, but anyway, there you go. I mean, this is really some some top notch procrastination from the negotiators in terms of leaving it to the last minute. Um, oh yeah, I imagine there will be a lot more to talk about when uh, Watson's Daily returns on. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I mean, to be honest, I might even I might even sort of ret- if there really is an actual something proper comes out of this, I I may come out of holiday to have a quick comment. Um, but um, but I just think that. Um, I don't know if it's it's not I don't know if it's procrastination. This is all part of the game that is negotiation, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's they, you know what your what your individual sides are. You know what your what ground you are willing to willing to cede. Um, but you know, it just it is a dance. It is a game. Um, and um, yeah, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of. You know, when I always think so, whenever Michelle Barnier says, "Ah, oh, things are going really well," I imagine they're probably not, <laughs> um, because um, when someone else says they're not going well, Michelle Barnier can say, "Yeah, well, it was going well from our side, but it was the UK that was dragging its feet." Similarly, when Boris Johnson says, "Oh, yeah, things are going great," again, probably they're not, because uh, and then he can blame it on that. So it's just a it's just a stupid, well, not stupid, but you know, it's just a game and a war, and 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 these things, 
it only ever gets decided. It's only ever, yeah, only they know what's really going on. And um, I think trying to double double guess, triple guess them is a bit of a mugs game, really. So, you know, but uh, but anyway, we'll see. I mean, even if there is a deal, it still has to be scrutinised by the parliament, um, by the British parliament, and also ratified by the European parliament. So yeah. there's definitely going to be a lot of action in the coming weeks. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next up, I guess, is M&A and IPA news. Yep. So we've got uh, this week was um, well was 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 full of uh, was full of M and A and IPO stuff. So we had uh, um, first up on the uh, merger and acquisitions front, uh, you had Electronic Arts crashing the party of Codemasters and Take Two Interactive. So uh, Take Two Interactive and Codemasters did have a, an agreed deal before for cash and shares, um, but then EA came along uh, over the weekend and basically put a load of cash under the nose of Codemasters at a level that was higher than the previous offer. Um, This actually took the heat off the management um, because uh, there had been grumblings amongst the investors in Codemasters that they'd, um, you know, they they caved in uh, at too low a price. Um, And, you know, always, always shareholders want cash rather than cash and shares. Well, Mo virtually all the time they they prefer the cash um and so that just meant that uh uh yeah so um the the um code masters uh went from recommending the take two deal to uh to uh recommending uh electronic arts now whether or not take two come back with another counter offer i don't know uh but anyway yeah that was that was quite quite interesting and then in the roblox one you'll talk about that as well yeah, so um, well, that that was um, that was more the IPO front. So we had um, with regard going back to the M and A. So we had EA and Codemasters. There was Reddit and um, bought Dub Smash, which I don't know why they did that, but they did it. Um, quite different, uh, quite different audiences, I think. Um, but obviously, we'll see how that goes. Uh, there was in other M and A. There was JD Sports uh, buying um, the fantastically named Shoe Palace. Um, in America for $680 million for cash and shares. Um, I think surely that's got to be a difficult thing to do. Um, going to America to sell trainers or sneakers, whatever you want to call them, to Americans among all the competition that there is there, both online and offline, sounds like a recipe for disaster to me. But, um, but hey, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Uh, and then the last thing with M&A was um, Canadian Cannabis, uh, players Tilray and Afria, they are uh, doing a merger, a $2.8 billion merger. Um, th- now, you may recall a few years ago, uh, the world went wild for, for weed um, because uh, it was legalized in Canada. And then shortly after that, um, it's, it started being legalized in certain states in the US. And everyone's getting excited about, um, uh, about the use of cannabis in products. So um, there are two kind of ingredients in cannabis. You've got um, CBD and you've got THC. THC is the bad stuff and, you know, is the all the psychedelic stuff. Um, and CBD is supposedly the healthy, uh, the healthy part and encourages like relaxation and various other bits and pieces. Now, I've never used it myself. I've got no idea, but I do know I, I've, I'm always a bit skeptical of this, these kinds of things. But um I know a lot of people who maybe eat pain relief or sleep uh, problems, you know, they have used it and, and these people swear by it. The interesting thing, though, is that um, 
as far as I know, there is not, not much in the way of regulation uh, CBD over here. So if you go and buy yourself some CBD oil uh, from one place and buy it from another, um, they both CBD oil, but you, there's no way of really knowing how strong each one is and they can be wildly different. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, the other thing as well is that every, everyone was just really getting excited um, with uh, with cannabis because um, they thought it was going to be CBD infused, uh, you know, <laughs> drinks like Coke. Wouldn't that be good? CBD Coke. Um, how ironic. Uh, and then you've got other things like, um, you know, putting CBD in pet food or, or or and such like. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on there. It's a, it's a theme that's worth following. But um, I've fallen into the trap of, of getting too much behind it and nothing's really happened. So I'm just going to say it's worth looking at, but, you know, maybe a bit of a slow burn. I think there were quite a few problems that people pointed out with, with the, um, in terms of the cannabis uh, industry in Canada. I think one of them was that there's just not that much access compared to, I mean, compared to the black market, which is, I mean, you just, that's like pretty local. I think, yeah. you know, the Canada's divided into 10 provinces and, um, I think a third of Canadians live in Ontario, but Ontario only had 41 retail cannabis stores compared to Alberta, right. which had 423. So there's not really, yeah. they haven't really planned it out that well in terms of how available it is. Um, yeah. And then there's obviously the, the price factor because um, of all the regulation and overhead of, of producing it legally, there's the, the product is going to be significantly more expensive. And I guess people just don't, don't mind taking the risk of breaking the law if it's significantly cheaper. Yeah, there is that. There is that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that uh, there are a number of things that, you know, there are a number of things with it. Uh, and I mean, like you've had um, tobacco, big tobacco companies like Altria, um, you know, buying into the into these. I think it's Altria, I think, uh, buying into into this stuff. I'll we'll have to check that. But anyway, I know that big tobacco companies been interested in it. Um, there have been companies such as Coca-Cola reportedly looking into doing um cbd infused drinks um but then then they turned around a few months later and said no we're not doing it um i don't know i think that if there's more regulation and there's more um standardization in terms of uh production and 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 things um then it might actually gain more traction but at the moment it still sounds like it's pretty wild west when, when it when it comes to uh cannabis um, so anyway, moving on to IPO stuff, um, we had last week's stellar performers, DoorDash and Airbnb, um, being a bit weaker this week. Um, and, you know, but it's not too much, to, nothing, I don't think too much to worry about. They're not underwater. Um, they're still comfortably, uh, comfortably above their, their IPO prices. Um, but um, Roblox um, created a bit of a stir. Um, over the weekend or end, end of last week, whatever, um, because it decided not uh, to do an IPO. Um, now, I suppose it probably thought that things were overheating somewhat um, and therefore didn't decide to go forward. Um, but a company called Wish decided it would go forward. Um, so it's an e-tailer, models itself uh, on the way of doing things like, uh, like AliExpress uh, in China, um, but it's just not done, you know, it's, it's not, it's not been seen exponential growth particularly. Um, but, um, but investors didn't seem to be particularly interested in the company because on the first day, uh, its share price fell by something like 12%, which is, 
which is pretty amazing when you consider the upward movements of DoorDash and Airbnb, which which were up by about 80, well, 85-ish and, and over 100% uh, the previous week. Now, okay, this is just, you can't tell from one day of trading necessarily. And also um, there, are, there are other factors um, to take into account. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that... Uh, it's 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 just one. It's not. It's just one Duff um, IPO. If there are many more of these, I think sentiments in IPOs, which has been red hot recently, could it can disappear very very quickly. So um, we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to see where where that actually um, you know where where that actually goes. Um, I think given how how um, the fact that. Shares in Airbnb and DoorDash both fell. I mean, I think Roblox and uh, what's the, Affirm Holdings, the other one, the, the fintech startup, mm. I think them delaying it is a pretty good idea in terms of making sure that they're actually pricing the IPOs correctly. Um, yeah. Because presumably the, the bankers who did price Airbnb and DoorDash's IPOs uh, didn't really know what they're doing. But I assume you know more about that than me. <laughs> well, I don't know. But I mean, I don't think it's a case of them being thick because um, it's not, you know, it's an inexact science because yeah you can value a company but but at the end of the day um the company is is valued uh, by how much their their in, in um their investors value it i mean look at look at tesla for instance you know if you actually looked at the value of the um of their their actual ass their physical assets the number of sales they do etc you know their market cap would would be nothing like um, what it is now um but um but it is and the, it's there because um investors believe it it needs to be that you know at that level so um yeah it i mean it's easy to say from the sidelines that these things they just got it completely wrong i mean i yes it looks like they have got it completely wrong but then again you know maybe if they had priced these things 50% higher for instance the maybe the demand would have not been that good so you can never tell anyway. You can't really tell. Um, but this, yeah, there was a big discrepancy between, um, you know, the flotation price and, and where they are now. Moving on to coronavirus news. Yep. So with coronavirus news, um, tiers have changed. Um, I'm in tiers uh, because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in tier three now. Uh, they go tier related pun. Uh, pun. Um so uh yeah it's 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 tough in the uk obviously it's going to have an economic impact um germany however un- under hard lockdown um and you know there's been talk recently of them going into a double dip recession um so that's that's not great uh but the good news is moderna um you know the fda last night said yeah pretty much um uh it, it's good 94% efficacy rate or something so all good um but there are a number of problems you have to address right with with this you've got to first you've got to come up with the vaccines um secondly you've got to be able to produce them thirdly you've got to be able to distribute them um and and actually with that distribution you've also got to deal with potential skepticism because obviously these things have been developed incredibly quickly so there are signs that uh, there is more people not wanting to get vaccinated in both Russia and America because of that scepticism. It will be quite interesting to see what kind of campaigns we're seeing in the UK. I know that um, the effect of COVID has been 
there's a massive increase in the followings of social media accounts which do promote vaccine skepticism um so mm. there is some uh resistance in terms of specific methods i know that uh nadim zahawi the, the minister in charge of the vaccine rollout suggested the the vaccine port passport idea that you've mentioned quite a few times on the podcast uh, but mm. then michael gave us come out and says that there's no plan for that so we don't really know what's going on in that regard um Aside from that, I, I thought it was kind of funny that the government has plans to enlist uh, influencers. Uh, oh no, that's so bloody stupid! Surely, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, oh, look, my favourite actor has decided to get in, uh, get, um, uh, to get the vaccine. Oh well, I, well, if he's got it, well, I'll, I'll definitely take it. I mean, my God, um, I think if you think like that, you've got to have a long, hard look at yourself. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. I didn't have spoken at spoken out of turn here You're showing, Jerry, showing your age really uh, well yeah <laughs> I, really, I, I mean I, I think especially i mean influencers depends how you categorize them but they are getting like just generally well-liked celebrities as well to to take it i mean i know um what's an approve from the great bridge breakoff was one of the first people to get the vaccine um oh right so she's she's generally liked um she's more my generation yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but so so okay then jerry right so which influence i'm not talking about me would you would you would you if you thought oh this person got it what who would who would make you get well i'm not i'm not a skeptic anyway so i I would take it without anyone needing oh right okay okay not nicely dodged nicely dodged uh (laughs) moving on okay uh, the the other option i did see was uh to pay people to take the vaccine which i think would it would be quite an interesting like philosophical experiment to see in terms of how much money it would actually take to convince people um but but i I don't don't think that's likely either way no, and it would cost too much money. And I just think, like I say, if you could, if you you could stop people from uh, get you know people's freedoms quite easily, you know, like like I said before, if you, if you want to book a holiday, you know, go go to anywhere that has loads of people or anything, you know, go to a restaurant, go to a pub, go to anything, and you have to prove. Then, if you have to do it enough times, you, you're going to bloom and take the take it and and the government doesn't have to say that you have to take it um they can just say well you know that individual businesses can make their own decisions and they'll get around it like that i reckon that's non plus you um so, <laughs> um stunned into silence yeah. um let's just move on so yeah so anyway uh what, what have we talked about? so uh roblox decided not to do you, oh yeah you... there, there was that uh oh oh what we forgot? I forgot where we've got to now. What we've got to? We're done with coronavirus. Um, it's UK property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so with UK property, um, I think you've got to really divide it into. When you talk about property, you need to divide it up because different parts of the property market behave differently, especially at the moment. So, for instance, with residential, you've got prices going up generally. Uh, apparently, according to I think it was Right Move, um, and um, uh, you know, so they're expecting strength into next year. Obviously, as things stand, there could be a massive drop off um, at, on March the 31st um, after Rishi Sunak's um, uh, uh, in, uh, um, stamp duty holiday finishes. Um, so, yeah, price going up generally. Um, you've got landlords getting back involved in the market as well, which is very interesting because. Um, they a lot of them have had real problems in during lockdown, and it, I think some of that's because 
you know, you're you're un, you're under lock, you know, you're under lockdown, and not every landlord is is you know in, incredibly rich, you know, um, and 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 has a has a massive empire. Yeah, you, know, you can imagine, say, the example. Let's say you have a, let's say, a couple maybe in their thirties or something. Okay, jobs. Um, they decided to do something to invest for the future, for a future family they may have, um, buy a property, and then. Um, uh you know co co they get someone in uh they're paying the rents covid hits then they don't have to pay rents and one of the couple loses their job and the other one's on furlough suddenly um you're getting no rents um you're having less than half of your uh income and you've got a uh, an asset which at the time wasn't great because the the um the the market was closed so i think that it is interesting that the landlords appear to be coming back now presumably they're the bigger ones um because actually quite a lot of these transactions are being done for cash um at the moment but uh, but anyway um there was an interest also interesting statistics that came out that said last month actually sellers were accepting lower prices so whether that was just a blip or not i don't know um but that's certainly worth following but um overall things are going well at the moment purple bricks um which has had real nightmares in the past is very um uh, is doing pretty well so um so that's maybe a sign of, of of turnaround in residential i think the first half of next year will really be the test for the property market i mean aside from the the stamp duty holiday ending on march 31st the there's also mm. the government's help to buy equity loan scheme, which also ends on the same day. And then the furlough scheme ends um, at the end of April. Yeah. Um, and as yeah. usual, there's always, you know, Brexit, coronavirus and the effects on uh, economic certainty on that. Um, for the vaccine in particular, I think it's, it will be interesting to see whether the gradual end of um, working from home and the return to office working might change the minds of some people who are thinking of moving out into, you know, the country from major cities. Um mm-hmm. I mean, either way, that I think there's like I read there's something like six hundred fifty thousand sales in the pipeline, and there's been quite a few mm. delays in quite a few delays in uh, a lot of the transactions. So um, mm. maybe some people won't make the uh, the stamp stamp the holiday deadline. Yeah, yeah, I think that it's um, it's a very concerning time. We've got friends who are right in the middle of it at the moment. They've sold their house. They're moving um, slightly further out um but that side of the track so their their house is fortunately getting bought for cash um but where they're going there's a bit of a delay so and i think i I mean i would imagine it it's probably the lawyers that are delaying it because there's they've only got so much capacity and they're probably working they're all probably working from home i would have thought um but so whatever happens i think it's going to be very serious unless sunak extends the uh you know extends it which surely surely he's going to do that i mean you know he's at least going to phase it there's mm. no way he's just going to have right okay march the 31st okay and then april the 1st not so much april fool but you know uh hey sorry everyone but it's back to normal and uh, we'll have some money please um i yeah i don't see that i don't see it being a hard um deadline but you know we never know i mean they have been you know constantly pushing back these deadlines so I can't. Yeah. yeah. What's another? What's another month amongst friends? I'd say. Um, but um, but anyway, that's on the residential, on the retail side of things. It's been really, uh, really tough. Um, Shaftesbury, which owns a lot of um, central London properties and things, uh, and West End stuff, um, 
revalued its prop, uh, port, property portfolio and took a massive hit. Um, I can't see that getting better anytime soon. London is right at the epicenter of all this, I think. And, um, uh, and then you've got the, all the retail properties and things um, that, that are owned by Shaftesbury. So I think there's going to be more gloom there. Um, uh, but then in contrast to all that, you've got um, you've got warehousing, which is still doing very well. And Segro, which is the biggest real estate company in the FTSE 100 and is a warehousing specialist, is actually has got the scope to. Um, yeah, so they've, they've bought um, this company in France and they've got good, got decent scope to develop more land as well. So um, Segro continue to go from strength to strength and doing well on both sides of the channel. Maybe I'll just sell my house and buy a warehouse then. Or just just knock down all the walls <laughs> in your house. I mean, as long as they're not as they're not lo- you know uh, load supporting, um, and maybe just turn it into warehouse, and then you can you know you can maybe then uh, uh, <laughs> rent rent somewhere rent somewhere incredible. I imagine if you could do that. Um, but there there you go. Um, some f- future plans for Jerry. If anyone's got any. Uh, ideas for, for uh, property for Jerry. Uh, you know, please send them in. Uh, we we want to always always want to help Jerry. So uh, yeah. Um, so there you go. So that's on the property front, and I guess we can talk now about tech. Um, because so yeah, tech is uh, there's loads of stuff going on about it at the moment. The general trend seems to be that the regulations are tightening. The regulators are making big noises about making big a big stir. Um, whether or not that actually comes to pass, I don't know. But they're certainly talking a good game. Um, but um, uh, so you've got the UK um, uh, throwing its uh, th- throwing its hat into the the the. I was going to say the ring tightening. No, I can't. No, I can't do that. Uh, so the, they're throwing their hat into the ring for the tightening of um uh, legislation and um uh, because of illegal content but there's loads of there's loads of stuff and then you've you've on top of that you've got um google which has been slapped with two big lawsuits this week one on adver- um on fixing prices for advertising essentially and the other one is about anti um anti competitive behavior in the world of search so um i think that that's you know that is you know it's a big thing um and um we'll see how you know this is where this is where all their incredibly expensive lawyers will earn their money um and we'll see how that goes uh then the other thing is that fight facebook at last join the fight with epic games and spotify and all the rest of them um to fight against apple uh and it's perceived unfair practices of charging too much for in how in app purchases so that was really interesting um that's really interesting as well they have stayed they've been rather notable for standing on the sidelines um and not wading in but now they have so you know that's uh that's interesting they should have I think, you know, Epic Games should have got them to do this in the first place. Would have made life a lot easier. But at least they've got a big um, a big name in there now. And then the final thing I was going to talk about was um, Robin Hood. Um, not not the uh, not the bloke in tights living living in Nottingham um, with with lo- with with his chums. Um, we're talking about the app, the trading app that has been going absolutely mental in uh, in uh, in the US. 
uh, and that many have seen has been the re- reason behind um, a lot of the volatility uh, and volumes in the especially in the US markets and actually more specifically on companies like Zoom and like um, like Tesla, for instance, because um, retail investors will tend to be driven by more by sentiment and momentum um, than, say, breaking down the balance sheet, for instance. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to make any assumptions here. I'm just saying as probably I would imagine that that is the case. So, yeah. So um, Robin Hood is coming under increased scrutiny. Um, it was supposed to launch over in the UK um, during, I think, somewhere time at the beginning of lockdown, but they they stopped it. Uh, I think it absolutely needs to be regulated um, because although it says, yeah, it will it will say no, no, we are a we are a trading company. Um, we all know we all know that really it's a bit of gambling, I guess. Um, so um, so I think that uh, it's 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 high time that they they should uh, have their wings clipped and make sure that they do they're doing stuff properly to protect people who don't know what the hell they're I did doing. read that half of Robinhood users are first-time investors, which, I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely targeting it's a certain category of people in terms of the, yeah. the interface. And, I mean, they have, like, notifications with all these emojis on them, and then they say, oh, you should invest in this, and it's a well-known stock, so people just throw their money away. I mean, at the same time, if you did invest in, in Tesla at the start of this year, then you'd be doing pretty well. But for every success story, mm. there's probably, you know, a thousand people who are in big trouble no i totally agree and i i think that um uh although there's no such thing so trading is not easy right you know i've worked with loads of of traders over the years some are not not incredibly bright but they do a very very good job and some are incredibly intelligent but also, you know, so they they have their off days. Uh, they everyone has their off days. Um, but hard, I've hardly ever worked with anyone who is brilliant at both, you know, a rising market and a falling market. And although that, you know, this is not a trader per se; it's an investor. That's why what everyone goes on and bangs on about Warren Buffett so much because um, he has been able to produce stellar returns for whatever it is nigh on thirty years. Um, because he can do up and he can do down as well. Um, but and anyone who any of any of these listeners who come across anything that says that trading is easy um, is that is complete rubbish. Um, and anyone that you, what I think the, the uh, thing that you often see, especially on YouTube, is some um, you know some kid um, with a you know um, sort of. I don't know, leaning on their Lamborghini or something saying, look at how much money I made. This is so simple. I made so much money trading this or that. um, And now I don't have to work is complete rubbish. Um, And so, you know, please, whatever you do, don't, don't do any of these courses. There are, I won't mention there is a, there's a company that I know that goes around um, and uh, they teach trading strategies and, you know, everyone who goes on and thinks, brilliant, I can now be a trader. You can't. Um, if you went to a job interview to a proper investment bank and said, oh, I've done this, they would just laugh in your face. Um, these are not proper things. Uh, and actually, what they 
I've I've seen there was a documentary on one of them. Uh, again, I won't mention it because just in case. But they um, what they would do is they charge people like I don't know a grand to do a trading course. Um, they would go uh, to this. The people would go to the trading course thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to learn how to earn loads of money." Um, they do this for a few weeks um, and. Uh, they get incentivized. They say, any one of you who's really good at this will take you on uh, and give you our money to trade. And they do that. And it's basically a very good way of um, <laughs> recruiting people for no cost because they're paying to get they're essentially paying you to tell them stuff. And if they happen to be any good, then you make loads of money out of them. Um, it's t- it's terrible, but there are these things around, and people do get duped into them. And and I just want to say, I just wanted to say that now because, you know, I hope that no one who listens to this gets duped into it because um, they they can be very convincing. Um, but the fact is, if they were that good, um, they would they would not be teaching trading. Anyway, that's a lovely positive note to end this Christmas podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes um, indeed. Yeah, I think we're, we've run out of time so, for today. Um, indeed, yeah. So, look, um, thank you very much um, for everyone listening. Um, it's been really great fun um, to, to, to do all this. Uh, this is the 102nd uh, episode of, of this podcast. It's changed so much since it started this year. Um, I hope you find it useful and interesting and there'll be more stuff coming uh, coming your way very soon um in terms of, of of this the weekly roundup we're not going to be doing that uh, until next year um but i am going to be trying to release some more uh, podcasts next week um two of interviews that i've done before uh, that i've pre-recorded and that will be very interesting to many of you uh and then another one which i'm trying to record with a good mate of mine um next week um which will be a swat analysis on swat uh pestle and the porter's five forces um and why they are where they are good where they are bad and what else you could use that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna be talking about so there you go that's what's uh that's what's in store um other than that i just wish everyone including jerry a very merry christmas and a happy and prosperous new year that will hopefully be better than 2020 Lots to look forward to and merry christmas everyone i will see you next year okay see, see you then thanks